Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. Today we're starting a new series going through the book of Psalms in the month of June, or through the month of June, I should say. And of course, June has recently been coined as Pride Month. But I think that we should turn it as Christians into Praise Month. And of course, we are praising the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who we're praising. Uh, We're not going and putting the focus in on us, but rather turning and putting the focus in on Him. And I believe there is no better way to do this than to immerse yourself in the book of Psalms. So I want to challenge you to read through Psalms with me by reading five chapters of Psalms a day in the month of June. So we're going to start off, and to make it simple, we're going to start off by going through chapters 1 through 5. And then, of course, day 2, we'll go through 6 through 10, and so on and so forth. It's pretty simple there. Uh, But in Psalms 1 through 5, there's a ton of really impactful passages. In fact, uh, Psalm 3 is when David is on the run from his son Absalom, and he proclaims that God is his shield. Can, Can you just imagine that? You're on the run. Your son has come for your throne, and I mean, all kinds of crazy stuff is going on. You're, you're, you're kicked out of your, your kingdom there, and yet you make this proclamation, God is my shield. That's incredible. You know, Psalm chapter 1 is a chapter that I quote basically every night. I mix it up a little bit between Psalm 1, Psalm 23, and Psalm 19. Those are the, the the three that I do quite a bit. So once in a while, it might just be Psalm 23 when I put put my boys to bed. But most of the time, I quote Psalm 1, at least Psalm 1, to Thomas and Henry every night when I put them to bed. And that's because it is such an impactful psalm. I mean, it goes over how to be blessed in all of your ways and in everything you're doing. And isn't that something that we want? You know, I always find it funny because so many people like to kind of uh, think that the blessings of God are are not necessarily bad, but something that we shouldn't talk about, you know, we shouldn't strive for. And I'm I'm just over here sitting and going, <laughs> would you rather be blessed or cursed? Those are really the only two options. So I think we should choose the blessings of God. Uh, and we should walk in the blessings of God. Uh, but today we're going to be taking a look at Psalm chapter 2. But first we're going to read Psalm chapter 1 and 2 to get connected to God's Word today. And I'm probably going to choose a couple of the chapters. I'm not going to go and read all five chapters um, in the podcast just because of, uh, for the sake of time with that. I want to stay within that 15 to 20 minute time frame. That's that's the goal here. Uh, you know, that's that's kind of what we become accustomed to. And um, sometimes I go a little bit over on that, but I still want to challenge you to read all five chapters, and I'm reading all five chapters a day, so read it through them with me. And uh, also, like I said, though, we are going to read a couple of these chapters here together uh, pretty much every day just so that we can— we can really be immersed in God's in God's word because that's that that is a place where we find grace and we need grace in our life is through the word of God. But we're going to read Psalm chapter one and Psalm chapter two today, and it says this: Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, which brings forth fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. In whatever he does, he shall prosper. 
The ungodly are not so, but they are like a chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the ways of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. In Psalm chapter 2. Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in heaven shall laugh. The Lord shall hold him in derision. He Then he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep displeasure. Yet I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me. You are my son. Today I begotten you. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. Now, therefore, be wise, O kings. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way. When his wrath is kindled but a little, blessed are those who put their trust in him. We see here, this is an incredibly important passage of Scripture, Psalm chapter 2, and it's incredibly important today, I believe, specifically if you're living in America, because it says, why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? And I think that is the time of day that we live in. If you look around you at the culture, I mean, it is just getting crazier and crazier and crazier, and the nation really is raging, and people really are plotting vain things. Things. I mean, whether it comes down to drag queen story hours or whether uh, it is, you know, just the, the craziness of, of, I believe they're called furries, when uh, kids are now going and, and believing that they're, they're animals. In fact, uh, in the small town of Waverly, Iowa, uh, just I, I believe it was a year and a half ago. There was a a child there who said that they were a cat and, you know, uh, requested that they get litter boxes. Now, of course, that's an absurd thing for somebody to go and do. And so what ended up happening? They refused the litter box and the child went and pulled down its their pants and uh, went to the bathroom right in front of the entire class and claimed it's because they didn't give them a litter box. Well, what happens next? You, you would think it would be that they send him home and, you know, that that child gets their bottom spanked or uh, would go and be grounded for an eternity or something like that. But no, the response was to go and to install litter boxes into the school. And that's in Waverly, Iowa. I mean, that's just crazy. It's just, it's a small town. People are raging. People are plotting vain things. And certainly the kings of the earth, they've set themselves and the rulers, they've taken counsel together against the Lord. I don't know if you've noticed this, but it seems to be more and more laws come out against God's word. You, you know, uh, j- just uh, now that's not true of necessarily every nation. Uganda just came out with some some good laws, it seems to be. but we see even the solutions, it seems, the solutions. So those who are going and saying, look, I'm on God's side, and they get up and they write a law. It seems like these laws, I shouldn't even say seems because it's just frankly true. These laws are against God. Like, think about 
And just recently, Donald Trump goes and he criticizes Ron DeSantis, saying that a six-week abortion ban is too harsh. Well, I hate to tell you this, but abortion is murder whether that child is under six weeks or over six weeks. It's murder. And banning murder is not too harsh. It's the obvious right thing to do. And it's something that is in accordance with God to ban murder. Even the good guy in that. Even the good guy, even down there in Florida, the things are, are, you know, as red as they could possibly be. And you got people who are taking God's side. Well, they're still coming up with solutions. I believe it was some polling that came out that over 80 percent of uh, of Christians in Florida um, were not comfortable with banning abortion outright. Uh, Doug Banks and Pastor Doug Banks and down there, he's a legislator as well. He got up and he stood up and he spoke for the right and said, no, this is wrong. This is wrong that we are going and allowing the murder of any children. Men like Doug Bankson need to be applauded. They need to be the men that we look to. But 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 I'm, I'm getting a little bit off track here, although you should look up Doug Banks. He's a wonderful, wonderful man of God. The interesting thing that it says in this passage is that it continues on and it says, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. This is the the heathen nations raging. This are the, the nations that are raging and they're they're plotting against God. And they say, let's take his cords and let's cast it off from us. What is that talking about? It's saying to God's law, let's take God's law and cast it far from us. That's the thing that restrains us. But I want you to understand something about God's law. Because God's law is going to come up time and time again throughout the Psalms because as it praises him, just just read Psalm 119 or even Psalm 19, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. And it goes on and talks about his precepts, his statutes, his ordinances, all of these things. We're going to see this time and time again. All of these things are put in a positive light. Why? Well, it's because God's law is set there in place as a guardrail. See, it's like when you're going around a curve that has a cliff on the other side of it. They go and they put up a guardrail. I, I remember going and driving to Tennessee and driving through Tennessee. Uh, we, we, we went there to go visit some friends in Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, and as we were, we were there in the midst of Tennessee, you know, you don't have a lot of this in Iowa. But there were, you know, some mountain ranges going on here. And and as we're we're there, there are these big cliffs that just just fall off, and and, and you start looking, and you realize, man, I'm thankful that they put a guardrail there because can you imagine if it was a little bit slick, whether it was because of rain or maybe you know the one time a year that they get a little bit of ice there or something like that, or or maybe you're just going a little bit too fast, or you you know maybe there's water on the road and you start hydroplaning. My goodness, if you were to just go right off that cliff, what's going to happen? You're going to be in great danger. Nobody goes around saying, oh, no, those guardrails, that's stopping me from driving off the cliff. I hate that. That is so wrong. You're taking away my liberty. You know, nobody says that. Why? Because they know that it's there for their own safety. And, you know, that's what God's law is for. His law is there to protect you so that you don't go over the edge. And certainly in our nation, it seems like we are going over the edge with sexual immorality, with with baby murder, with 
uh, going in and having mental delusions of men thinking that they're women or women thinking that they're men, and then even propping those kind of people up who, who then are pedophiles and letting them go and prey upon children in public libraries. I mean, that seems kind of crazy to me. And what is it? What is going on? What's well, all of these things are talked about in God's word, warned about and said, don't do these things. And yet we've had a nation that wanted to remove that guardrail and we're seeing what that looks like. And what does it bring? It brings pain and suffering. Just if you were to drive off of a cliff and bypass a guardrail. The middle of this chapter, it's interesting because it goes in and it has a, a messianic um, uh, a prophecy here. It, it prophesies about Jesus Christ. And it says, he who sits on his throne, actually talks about the disposition of God first. It says, he who sits uh, in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord uh, shall hold them in derision and he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep displeasure. And so it's talking about this here that God is laughing He's laughing, not because he thinks it's funny, but because he, he's going, oh, really, you think that you can come up against me? Come on, juniors. Come on. Really? You think you can go and pick a fight with me? That is not going to go well for you. That's what God is saying. But, you know, the interesting thing is, is that everything that I'm saying about a nation here, which is what Psalm 2 is directed towards, it's true in our life. And it's true in your life as well. Do you stay within the bounds of God's guardrail? Do you stay within the bounds of those laws for your own personal safety? Do you go and you say, you know, Lord, I'm going to cast off these bonds from me, these cords and these fetters from me. I'm not going to go and have them on me. Because if you're doing that, God is kind of chuckling at you and not in a good way. Not in a, oh, that's funny, but in a, oh, really? Yeah, you come here. Come on, take the first punch. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. But then he gets into this messianic prophecy where he goes and he says in verse six, yet I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord has said to me, you are my son. Today I begotten you. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and you shall dash them to pieces like the potter's vessel. And this is a prophecy of one day Jesus Christ will come back. The king shall return. And when he returns, he comes back with a sword and he comes back to rule with a rod of iron. But nonetheless, even though that the king is coming back, there is still some advice to be given to the nations. And ultimately, it's advice that we can take in our life as well. And this is what I want to leave us with today. It says this in verse 10. Now, therefore, be wise, O kings, be instructed, you judges of the earth, serve the Lord with fear, rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry with you and you perish in the way. When his wrath is kindled but a little, blessed are all those who trust, who put their trust in him. So here is the advice. Serve the Lord with fear. Are you serving God today? And by the way, he's giving this advice to kings and judges, but it applies to you too. Are you serving the Lord with fear today? Is there a place that you can say, I am serving God? The second thing is rejoice with trembling. You know, you should rejoice in the Lord, but 
still remember he is God. There should be a reverence, a respect, a true fearing of God. But then it says something interesting. It says, kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way. Now, the son is Jesus Christ here. Now, kissing the son, you see, in, in our world, we go, well, at least pre-COVID, we came up to one another and we shook each other's hands, right? Since COVID, maybe you come up and you give uh, somebody an elbow bump or something like that. Now, you probably are back to shaking hands. I sure hope so. And if you're not, you need to get back to shaking hands with people. But back in uh, the, the ancient Oriental culture, uh, which is what was going on here in the Hebrew culture uh, that they had, they would go and instead of greeting somebody with shaking their hand, they would go and they would greet somebody with a kiss. If it was somebody who was of equal value, and by the way, I'm so glad we don't do this. This would be gross. Uh, if it's somebody of equal value, so you think about this in military terms, because that's where you can see, I shouldn't say value, but of equal rank, um, you would go and you would you, you would go and kiss them on the lips. So if you had two generals who were going and meeting uh, one another, they would go and they're the same rank. So they would go and kiss each other on the lips. And so then if you would be in the same kind of standing and whatever setting that you're looking at, if you were of the same setting of that person, the greeting would be that you'd go and kiss them on the lips. The, the second greeting, though, let's say you had still an officer in the army, um, but not a general, right? So uh, somebody who's over people, but not, but he still has people over him and, and significantly. And so uh, they would go and they would show uh, respect by instead of going and kissing them on the lips, kissing the general on the lips, they would go and kiss the general on the cheeks. But let's say you have a somebody who is a private, somebody who's a new recruit, somebody who just started in the military, they would go and if they're greeting that general, they wouldn't kiss him on the lips. They wouldn't kiss him on the cheeks. They would go and throw themselves on the ground and they would throw kisses at the feet of the general to show respect. That would be their greeting for this person. Now that's what it's talking about here. It's talking about throwing kisses at the feet of Jesus Christ, which what is that saying when you're throwing kisses at the feet of Jesus Christ? Well, first of all, it makes you think of Mary Magdalene who went and, and washed Jesus's feet with her tears, showing the love that you have for Jesus Christ. The second thing, though, is that it reminds you that you're saying, I will obey you. I will submit and I will follow you no matter what happens. That is what we are called to do towards Jesus Christ. That's what Psalms 2 is saying. Stay within God's guardrail. Stay within the realm of safety. Obey his law. The king is coming back, and you need to submit yourself to the king. Well, thank you for listening today, and remember Joshua 1, 8, 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Trust in Jesus, sometimes he leaves us waiting for his hand to move. Oh, but even in darkness, we 
hold to the promise there's nothing we can't overcome so that war you've been fighting will end in god's timing sing like the battle's been won then you feel it the song that is rising then you can't help but let it out if you're trusting in It's already